Hi everyone, Sean Paul Ellis here from the Saturday Morning Cartoons Podcast. Remember, that's morning with you. Some quick pre-show announcements, what's happening in the month of November, and what is happening on today's episode. This month, we are watching and reviewing some of my favorite shows with Netflix November. We're watching BoJack Horseman and Big Mouth. BoJack came out last week, and you can listen to it now, with Adam Kusaria Min and Kate Symes. Big Mouth is coming out next week, November 19th, and it has Isabel Galbraith returning as well as Alex Beard joining us for the first time. It's a conversation about puberty, and it's as awkward as puberty itself. Today, we have a special episode, so what are we actually talking about today? Netflix is one great place for streaming, and the obvious alliteration with November makes it fun and easy for me to market. There are some other places to stream content, and today... I have a chance to talk with comedian, actor, and voiceover artist Kevin Goatee about his show on Amazon Prime called Comics Watching Comics. Being a comedian is tough business and without a traditional career path, so where do you go for career advice? When do you have that annual review as a comic? Well, look no further than Kevin and his panel of judges to provide an honest assessment of your talent or lack thereof. All of that and more on today's episode. So now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you all the way from a fake brick wall, at a Hyatt in Bethesda, Maryland, I'll be your host, Sean Paul Ellis. Joining me today from an actual brick wall at a real comedy club in New York City, I'm joined by comedian, actor, and voiceover artist, Kevin Goatee. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. So we are taking a little bit of a slight deviation. And for anybody who's been listening, obviously they know that uh, in the month of November, we have been talking about a lot of Netflix comedy series that they have that are animated and available right now such as BoJack Horseman and Big Mouth, one of the biggest things for any of these shows to realize is just how smart and how intelligent the, the comedy, the writing, everything that's so nuanced about what they do in these shows are. And so Kevin is actually here today to talk about a show that he has actually been working on that is available for streaming right now as well on Amazon, and this is called Comics Watching Comics. It is indeed, yes. Uh, there are six seasons now available on Amazon Video, Season seven should be up in a week or so. Uh, Actually, I take that back, a month or so. And then after that, eight should be up in December. So yeah, eight seasons of that show I've created, hosted, starred, and hell, been the head fluffer in as well. (laughs) And so for for all of these these seasons, you know, I I understand you've been doing comedy now, Kevin, for, for eight years, correct? Yes, sir. Eight years. It's been a one hell of a journey. And so, uh, you know, just along the way, sort of, what was the what was the impetus for you going down this path, this journey? So I'm in a corporate America still because com- you know comedy pays about as much as the kids who yell out "Showtime" on the subways. So, but I was in corporate America. I'm still am, like I said, in corporate America. I just, it just it's just depressing to watch. Like the, I call it the zombie shuttle car, the subway in the morning, and people just. Eyes glazed over, going to a job that just 85, 90% of people just fucking hate. Don't want to be there. Like, this is not their life. Like, when they were growing up, they're not like, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, 
I want to be a fireman or a policeman or a doctor. No one ever says, I want to be in marketing or in insurance or whatever. Right. And I was just like, man, I mean, I kicked the idea of comedy around when I just got out of college. And my dad goes, now time to get a real job. Uh, I just wrote some stuff down that was just horrifically, horrifically unfunny. Never did it. Now, I'm at the age of uh, 33, go, man, there's got to be more than life than just. So I said, fuck it. Let me give it a shot. Wrote some uh, material down for about three months, tried memorizing it. And then March 10th, 2010, I, uh, I went to the Village Lantern, did my first open mic. And, uh, and there you go. Awesome. I, I always love kind of hearing what the what the reason kind of what the story is, you know, you just, you have an opportunity to, to kind of understand a little bit more about what the, the goals were. And one of the things that I find is always very interesting, you know, to kind of hear that the duality in terms of life, you know, of you saying I'm in corporate America. I also want to do this thing that is extremely creative. It's, it's very personal, intensely personal. And it's something that I'm going to be, you know, wholly responsible for, as opposed to maybe working in that office with a team of people. And so the, I wanted to ask, do you tell people that you work with that you do stand-up? I never tell them that at all. <laughs> really? With uh, a few, including my manager, have found it out. It's not, but they don't know. I don't know if they know about the show. I know um, a, a few people do, but no one really talks about it, um, you know, all the time. But like I said, a few, a few know about it. Do you, do you think if you were ever to, to kind of come out and say, hey, guys, I have this thing that's available right now that's streaming on Amazon Video... Do you think that they would support? Do you think they'd be excited about this? I mean, I would, I would hope that they would. Uh, I think that they would. It's, I, I say a lot of mean shit in there, as you've seen, or rude stuff, or just ball bust that I, I'm pretty sure that they'd be cool with, they'd be fine with. My boss is super cool. I mean, you could say fuck around her and she doesn't care. It's great. Yeah, I, some of them, I, I've told a few, but not my direct, I'm a sales rep. So I, when we get these national meetings, I'll tell like other reps around the okay. country but not my direct area so some of them know about the show some of but the people here i don't know if they do or not that's uh I, but I, I think most of them would i hope that they do actually have an opportunity to find out about this because i've had a chance now to watch a majority of season one first couple episodes in season four which was interesting because you kind of changed up and you brought in a an additional judge to kind of talk about some of the comedians that you would be sort of uh, watching and reviewing. I, I kind of almost equated it to, to being able to watch any type of a reality television show that, you know, like an American's Got Talent, but just finally somebody being actually brutally honest about what was going on. Somebody really kind of giving them the thumbs up or the thumbs down in terms of the, the progression of something, again, that they, they, they really want to do. If this was something that they've, they've been motivated or, as you had mentioned, kicked around for a long time, or maybe they had a parent that told them, you know, that they should kind of focus or concentrate on something different. Yeah, and that's the idea of what the show was, was to be blatantly honest, because here's how it kind of came to be in two parts of the show. At the time, Last Comic Standing was on TV, and it was, uh, it, it's terrible, because, you know, you, 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 they always sugarcoat it. They never are like, yeah... Except for Norm MacDonald, who was great. He's like, that sucked, and here's why. Uh, everyone else is like, that was great, that was fantastic. And we're like, no, that was shit. Uh, it was boring. It was so uninspiring. It was cookie cutter. Like, look, I get it. You can't have people, you know, talk, you know, getting into the, the, the mean stuff or the dark shit or the mean, or, or obviously cursing. So it's, I get all that. But, I mean, it's just such boring nonsense. And, we, and I just 
I was like, you know, let's create something different. And, and the real reason it came about actually was one day we're at an open mic, myself and another comedy friend, and we just started texting each other stuff about the comics we saw on stage that day who were just <laughs> insanely awful. And I'm like, well, this could be funny, you know, having a, a real talk kind of show about it. And then, like I said, compound that with The Last Comic Standing, and boom, that's how the show came to be. But then, of course, I go, well, you we can't have a show where people shit on you nonstop. First of all, that's just bad karma. And the idea is to promote comedy to give people, you know, intermediate comics more exposure. So, I mean, yeah, it's part of the show, but it's not the majority of the show by any stretch. Talking a little bit more about the show, can you can you kind of give us a little bit more about the process of kind of how everything with comics watching comics works? Yeah, people, I, I announce that they're, the, the submission window is open and people will send me their YouTube links of them doing stand-up. I watch them all, unfortunately. Uh, there's oh a lot gosh. that are painstakingly awful to sit through. You know, you watch them, and I, I pick 50 people per taping, and then I, uh, I select, yeah, you know, out of like, I think the last batch was like 200 plus. Oh, wow. So then I, I invite the 50 in, they all show up, they're, you know, they stay for the entire taping, there is no leaving early, otherwise I cut you out because I need continuity for the, uh, the crowd reactions so that the sound comes through, and instead of like, for the end, there'd be like four people, like at an open mic, no, you're there for the entire time. Uh, so yeah, so that's it. So then we tape the, uh, the, 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 all 50 comics, which usually takes about five hours. And then, wow. uh, yeah, I know. Believe me, we got it. I, I worked it now down. It used to be like six and forever. And then I take that footage and then we, we break it up into tw- uh, two 25, uh, comic sessions for the panels to come over to my house and watch. And that's where we would critique, we praise, we offer advice. And again, if they're off, if they're shitty, then we let them have it. But, you know, and then we pick a winner at the end of every series, a season, excuse me. The real flip, the, the real twist of this is, is that the home audience plays along too. They vote on Twitter for their favorite panelists that they want to see come back to the following episode uh, or following or, or to the all-star season. And then we have, I, I did an all-star showcase last November, which has taken forever to get up because of uh, Amazon, uh, you know, technicality stuff. Anyway, and then so that's what it is. And then the and that, on the All Star Show, you see former panelists, you see uh, winning contestants, semifinalists, and uh, you see some comics who really ate shit. And I call it Redemption Section, where I give four people uh, comics to redeem themselves. Each get a minute, and the audience right then and there votes on their favorite comic, and they get a full set that night right then and there. That seems like awesome immediate feedback for them to not only have an opportunity, but then to kind of compete against other people for something that again, if you, and I, I have to, I, I have to understand and I have to be respectful of the fact that like, if they really want this, they're hopefully going to put their best foot forward. They're hopefully not going to get up there and sort of eat shit again, you know, as they have previously. Do you find that a lot of people really take it seriously then once they get to that point or are they still a little bit nonchalant? Oh, they get it because their episode is aired by then and they've eaten shit. All their friends and, and other fellow comics have seen it, probably busted their balls about it to where they, they reach out to me. I don't reach out to them. They go, hey, man. I, and I kind of, I know I did I, a couple of people I picked. Uh, one guy flat out asked me because he got torched. Uh, and, and he actually, I'm, I'm very happy to say that it was kind of an inspiration for him. He stopped just smoking weed and mailing it in. Like, he got really serious, moved down to Atlantic City, and is out, like, literally every night doing stand-up has gotten a hell of a lot better. So, uh, good on him. So, that's the uh, that's the benefit. So, no, no one shows up to the 
live show, like half-assing it. They're they they, they are well prepared. They know what they're got, they got going on, and then uh, they're, they're prepared, so they're not going to eat shit again. If they are, they do. Then shame on you. I wanted to mention that we have, uh, I believe, seasons one through four are now on Amazon Prime, and you can watch on Amazon Video season five and season six. Uh, now I know in season four you began to bring in a, a celebrity panelist, um, a, a more experienced comedian that you have as sort of a, you know, adding some additional insight into to what you were doing to kind of help understand a little bit more about some of the nuances that you have for stand-up comedy. It, any any proposed or any ideas of changes that you're going to do for the show in the future? Uh, we're working right now. I'm in talks with the casino in Atlantic City to have the live show there regularly. And they just said, too, they need to have it on. Um, they need to wait until the new year for budget purposes. So that's like the newest thing, I think. And I, and I, really, I really envision this from the day one as, as a twofold where we do like an American Idol tour with all of like the winning comics and whatnot, or I go to your local town and I do it where I bring a panelist in with me and we review the comics of Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and we do it there in, in clubs. Pay me to do that, which would be just fucking delightful. Wow, and actually watch people you know, at an open mic that night that are interested in this, but then also give them live feedback about what you just saw as well, correct? Correct. Oh, that is that sounds brutal. <laughs> that sounds so brutal but also so enjoyable at the same time well i mean look this is the name of the game that we're in and those who kind of like hide from it if you want if you want your jerk off buddies to tell you how great you are then just hang out with them if you want to get better faster and learn more i mean this show definitely can it is a definite help and it, it's it's definitely a lot of fun to watch and sort of see how you guys process and internalize a lot of your feedback that you have for comedians as well. Right. Not only just about the comedians, but I, I love the fact that you also introduce and have a little bit of a segment, a getting to know you segment for some of the, the panelists that you bring on as well. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't believe they actually ever do one for you, Kevin. Is that correct? No, I haven't done one for me. Maybe I should probably end up doing that for the uh, for future. Well, I was going to ask, would you, would you mind if we, we went through and did a little get to know you right now? Not at all. So I wanted to know, one of the questions that I love hearing from comedians, what is your worst bombing story? Uh, whenever, God, there's a couple. One where I just did a few jokes that didn't land, and you just hear the one person in the crowd go like, wow, wow. <laughs> that, was, that one hurt. Uh, and like I said, I, I hosted a, a fashion event. Uh, sorry, real estate event. And it was a whole to-do at Columbus Circle in the, in the Time Warner's building. And all these artsy, fartsy, you know, real, uh, fa it's like fashion slash realtor, like the high-end realtors. You know, so I'll, definitely not my crowd. But I was like, fuck it, let's give it a shot. The woman saw it, he goes, oh, I like your attitude, I saw your videos. You know, give it, let's, let's do it. And I did not have many jokes that land to the point where one of the servers goes, woof, they did not like you. <laughs> how, how, how much time did you have for that, that event then? I was the uh, MC. Uh, I, was, I, I did some time at the top, and then I would introduce people and, bring, uh, and announce awards. So that was, uh, so they got, they got a dose of me throughout. So I had to, like, I had to spread jokes throughout. But, yeah, they, they, 
really most of them did not like me. I mean, they're your typical fashion crowd. Like, try to make some jokes about them. I go, hey, you know, you guys are all about, you know, Art Deco and like architecture. Architecture was part of it too. I go. I bet you I could find you know someone in this crowd is definitely qualified enough to you know to tell me where I should hang my dogs playing poker picture. You know, just something cheesy and easy. Just to, and it was just you know, all right, this is going to be some uphill sledding. Not going to happen. Yikes. So yeah, that was um, not uh, not one of my better days. I wanted to ask you what what annoys you. Whenever you're watching new comedians, whenever you have the chance to kind of watch some of these videos, what are what's something that really kind of irks you about watching new comics? I uh, I hate some of their arrogance of being new. Like, yeah, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna I'm gonna have my own Netflix special in six months or a year or whatever. I got this shit. Not that you know people really give advice and are honest about it, but a lot of times they won't listen to advice that's given to them. They they think. Their, their, their jokes are so great in the beginning. And once they start doing it, they go, oh, this sucks. But some people don't realize that their material blows and they, and they marry it and they still they don't write new shit or change jokes or whatever. And they don't, they don't ever get outside their comfort zone. They don't ever leave the same group of people or the same venues, you know. And uh, you're going to see that not everyone finds you funny. And if you start making other audiences laugh, then you will be more successful down the road. Right. Speaking of down the road, what advice would you give to to anybody who might be listening who is interested in 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 doing stand up comedy for a first time? Don't fucking do it. No. <laughs> Watch a lot of your favorite comics. Don't steal their cadences or tempos or obviously material, but just get an idea on how a joke is 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 built and constructed, and what you know. Uh, that's one. To I mean, just go to open mics. Don't ask to get up on shows. You know, get good. Like, ha- you know, I didn't ask to do a show for six months until I really had like I thought a decent five minutes. So that way, when I did my first show, I wasn't eating a fucking plate of dicks. So that's my advice. We you know, you do a good job of talking about this on the actual show about the idea and the difference between your character as well as also your actual act, and that your character should be honest to who you are as a person and, and what you're doing, it should be something authentic. And then your act should in some way sort of acknowledge and kind of expand on top of that. And so I, I really liked as you guys kind of broke that down and made that distinction for people, that was kind of helpful to see like somebody who is actually on stage who has a character, you know, the character should be you just sort of exaggerated a little bit more, you know, and your act should be honest and kind of reflect that and give an interesting point of view of what only you could have. Right. I, and it was Gina Brion in season six said, like she was talking, or no, it was a Carol who said, they can't steal your act because she, she was worried someone was going to steal her jokes. And Sinbad said, they can't steal, they can steal your jokes, but they can't steal you. Like, right. I don't know anyone out there who's doing, you know, NFL picks with their daughters eating cookies, which I, what I do for my other show, Fantasy Football Jibber Jabber. Uh, or talking about being a guy in corporate America trying to get out of that and into comedy and into pitching shows. You know, I don't have that. I, I don't see anyone else that's tr- obviously trying to do that. I mean, maybe there are people doing that, but I sure as hell don't know about them. So You, you mentioned your daughter. Uh, she has been in the room during this interview the entire time, and she's been a delight. <laughs> Good. If you say anything otherwise, I'd shoot you. No, no, no. She's been, she's been fantastic. 
just to kind of tie this back, I wanted to ask, you know, when you were a kid, uh, do you have any specific memories of, of watching cartoons? What were your favorite cartoons when you were a kid growing up? Oh, right in my wheelhouse. Uh, if anyone doesn't say Looney Tunes are a fucking liar or they're sheltered or Amish or Orthodox Jewish, and that's the first thing they should be forced to watch are uh, Looney Tunes. Uh, that is for sure. Looney Tunes were fantastic, still are fantastic. I think I'm getting to the point where I can start having her watch the old ones, which I do have on uh, DVD. Uh, so Looney Tunes are great. They're hilarious. A uh, little, you know, when, once you're older and you see some of the propaganda or even the uh, a little bit of the racism, all right, so what? Move on. That was the time. So but make sure I would tell my daughter, hey, look, that's not the way the world is anymore. But Looney Tunes are great. Transformers are still fucking fantastic. The Generation 1, of course, I'm talking about that, not that, that new stuff. But I absolutely love Transformers. My brother and I still love it, the old stuff. Um, I mean, God, I, I went to Universal, you know, pretty much the main reason to go to Universal, doing the Hulk ride and Transformers ride. I, try, I bought my daughter a Bumblebee shirt, to which she will never wear it. She's not a fan she, of the shirt. She only pretty much wears pink, so that's why. Uh, but Transformers, I, I love the cartoon movie. I love the cartoon. I have them all on DVD. Uh, I was, I love the first Transformers film, though. The sequels are straight-up garbage. I'm hoping Bumblebee, I do see a lot of the uh, G1 nods with Starscream, with Shockwave, with Soundwave. So I'm hoping that they pull from that, and it's good. Second cartoon, G.I. Joe. Absolutely loved it. Um, oh, actually, back to Transformers for one second. Tra Transformers, I saw in the... So, oh, I'm sorry, kiddo. I didn't mean to get your hand. We saw the cartoon film in the theater. It gives you an idea how old I am. My brother and I both cried when Optimus Prime died. And uh, fun fact, do you know uh, for G.I. Joe, when they killed Duke, he was originally supposed to die in the cartoon movie too. But so many mothers wrote and complained to all their sons, you know, crying and throwing fits about Optimus Prime dying. They did not kill Duke off and uh, just had him, you know, in a coma, which is hilarious. So, they, again, so many mothers complaining about their, their sons crying. They even brought back. Optimus Prime in the cartoon, because that's how important he was to a young man's life in the 80s. But yeah. Yeah, yeah G.I. Joe I loved. Also loved that. The films are terrible. Uh, both of them are just straight up trash. They, you know, made it goofy. Thundercats were great. Really liked uh, those. Ninja Turtles later on, the cartoon Ninja Turtles were great as well. So amazing. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse was great. It wasn't really a cartoon, but also that Saturday morning stretch. GoBots were shit, lest anyone tell you otherwise. GoBots were a waste of time and horrible. Uh, even though Transformers did come out before them by... Uh, sorry, GoBots came out six months prior to. Yes, I just watched the... Oh, not just watched. Last year I watched the uh, uh, the toys thing on Netflix. That documentary was so cool. Did you see that yet? Oh, yeah. I love the toys it. that made us? Yeah, so dope. Um, so fantastic. Yeah, so G.I. Joe, he oh, He-Man. That doesn't hold up anymore. So kind of tying what you were saying before... I rewatched all the Transformers stuff, I don't know, five, ten years ago maybe. So it's still good, still solid, uh, laughable when no one really, of course, dies or there's no repercussions. If you get shot, you just get stunned. But like He-Man is just beyond laughably awful. The way, if you watch the way he runs, he kind of like stops and then turns like a hard pivot before like running. And he doesn't just take off. It's like a, a plant and then boom, he runs. It, it, it sometimes is like a weird rotoscope it looks like that they were using for, for part of the animation. It's, it's bizarre. And we recently watched He-Man back in July, and it was very surprising because as a compliment, we watched She-Ra. She-Ra actually does a really good job of kind of, you know, uh, taking the model that He-Man had created but making it better. 
which was which was surprising to me. I didn't see that, and I watched that recently on YouTube. Like that was not good either. The He-Man uh, cartoon Daddy. movie they did, which was like introduced Shiro. That doesn't hold up. By the way, I read. Oh, actually, read when I was watching the toys that made us. They were talking about how uh, He-Man. The toys came first, obviously, and there were talks to get the um, the cartoon made. Well, the car, the, the the toys were designed with a lot more like darkness to it. And of course, and the toy designers go to watch the first cut of the the cartoon, and it's just an absolute joke. You know, it's, <laughs> it's all light and goofy and campy and shit. And they're like, "Ah, you know, what is this?" And well, they stuck with it. So there you have it. Anything? Any cartoons? Any current cartoons that you're watching right now? Family Guy and The Simpsons. I don't know why I'm still watching The Simpsons. The Simpsons. I guess it's out of loyalty. I mean. The Simpsons from like season like three to like eleven or twelve are just unstoppable, right. and I think the I think the movie and I like the movie, but after the movie, forget it. It just nosedive to the fucking Mar- depths of the Marianas Trench. Like it was terrible. It's just been so bad. I mean, there were maybe I could probably count on one hand in the last ten years how many episodes that were made good. Uh, I dare say, just because of longevity, that um, Family Guy might have surpassed it. Just because they've thrown, you know, it's like a Hall of Famer, like eight, uh, ten quality years. But those last few years, they just tanked the shit out of it. And you're like, ooh, what's, you know? So it's, it's, I don't know. But yeah, those are the cartoons. I tried watching that. Um, come on, what are those two? Good? Goofball ones, I can't remember. The ones that people are loving now with the, the sauce that people are... Oh, Rick and, Rick and Morty? Yeah, I watched the first season. I was like, man. I, I know, and a lot of people were like, oh, you got to watch the second season. It's dope. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Recommendations for, for things like that are, are always challenging. And if it's not something that immediately, you know, you identify with or you find enjoyable, yeah, I mean, you're right to kind of just say, hey, you know what? It's not for me. I don't want to pick up on it. Not that I don't you know, enjoy the fact that you guys are, are getting a kick out of it, but it's just not for me. Are you, are you a Rick and Morty guy? I am. I've, I've been a fan. Uh, there's kind of been that whole approach of kind of like the idea of a sad cartoon. And so Bojack Horseman on Netflix and Rick and Morty on Adult Swim kind of fall into that, that range for me of just, you know, really kind of dealing with and tackling with more adult issues, but then also kind of having a wacky kind of absurdist point of view as well. And so those have been fun for me to watch kind of as an adult, because you'll see them, you know, deal with things about uh, addiction, uh, problems with relationships, uh, problems with your parents. And you're just like, these are, these are interesting and they feel more grounded and real than anything else that I might watch on television. I'm actually kind of enjoying this, even though I'm not laughing all the time. Uh, there's something that kind of feels very honest about it for me. Right. Uh, that's a nice uh, meta approach. I'm looking for fucking jokes and funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for that in a cartoon. And yeah, I didn't, I don't know. Maybe I'll get on season two, but it's season one. I, I just, I don't know, I have so much other shit to watch, but yeah, season one didn't grab me, you know, doesn't mean it's a kiss of death though. Yeah, absolutely not. So Kevin, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on tonight to, to talk about comics, watching comics as well as also cartoons and some memories that you have. I wanted to, to, if people are looking for the show, I know we've talked about it a little bit earlier, where can the people find you and where can they learn more about uh, Comics Watching Comics? Perfect, Eden. Uh, you can find out more on ComicsWatchingComics.com. 
You can find out more on uh, the social medias, Comics Watching Comics, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's uh, at Comics Watching. I'm Kevin Goatee, kevingoatee.com, G-O-O-T-E-E, social media on all three, Kevin Goatee, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and also my fantasy football show I do on Twitch, uh, fantasy football and gambling, NFL picks, every Friday at 5 it looks like. But follow on social media, sometimes I have to flip the times around. But we do it at the studios uh, every Friday at 5 mostly, uh, where we talk fantasy football, like I said, and uh, NFL betting. And so, uh, yeah, those, those are the places you can find me in the show. Awesome. Awesome. No, that's fantastic. And thank you, Kevin, so much for coming on and doing this. Uh, please go out and watch Comics Watching Comics. I am most of the way through season six right now. You guys are really going to enjoy it. You know, we'll have all of the information about Kevin in our show notes. So please check out Comics Watching Comics. And thank you, Kevin, for coming on. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me. I have to transform and roll out.